Hey guys, and we're back, season two of Wolfie and Friends. The show we're telling about ordinary people sharing their extraordinary lives and how they got there. Guys, I've got a treat for you this episode of season one, where I'm joined by Ibrahim, and this episode is called Shakespeare and the Carnival. But I'm going to let him take it away. So Ibrahim, tell us about yourself. Boy, hello everyone. Uh, my name's Ibrahim. I'm from West London, Northwest London area, repping my thing. Um, and yeah, I'm an actor. So I've recently just graduated from drama school um, and I've just gotten into the Royal Shakespeare Company as of this year. And I'm working on um, Henry VI play, which is a crazy experience. I never thought I'd be there doing this sort of work. It's, it's really fun and it's just, it's mind, mind blowing what you can do with older texts. So that's been really fun as a journey. Um, I'm also a steel pan player. Um, I've been playing steel pans for the last 10 years. And now I've just finished doing a project on um, working on a play about carnival at the Bush Theatre, which has been an exciting project to do with the community. So I'm really interested in sort of how we can bring the carnival culture back into the theatre and how we can educate people about our culture and our thing and what we bring to this UK place. This UK place is so mad for us as young black people. And it's nice to be able to educate and just enlighten about what we bring to it and what we bring to the culture. So you spoke about culture, you spoke about the Shakespeare, but I'm going to unearth it. I want to bring it back to the roots of the beginning, you and Pan. Mm-mm. And I'm not talking about Peter Pan and Neverland uh-huh. and all them type of thing. Where did that love affair come from? Where does that blossom? Talk to me. So I've been playing, I said, I've been playing Steel Pans for the past 10 years. Um, I started playing Steel Pans at high school. Um, I was playing at Harrow Steel Band, rep my band. Um, and then from there, I've kind of just grown and learned more about the community here in the UK. In 2015, I went to Trinidad, where I'm from, and I saw the International Pan Competition which was crazy because, you know, you're seeing still pan bands from China, Japan, what? from Norway. You know what I mean? And you're thinking, I didn't realise our culture could spread so far across the world. Yeah. So I think that's the, the maddest thing for me, like learning that pan can really reach people. So that's where my journey's gone with. And then I sort of um, joined Ebony Steel Band 2016. I've been working with Ebony Steel Band for the past five years. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, five years now. Um and just yeah, I'm a carnivalist at heart, so I can't I can't get away from pan. I can't get away from pan like that. And what's been the highlight with it? Because it's I look at pan. I'm mm. not gonna lie to you, like me as a musician, strings, guitar, that's my thing. Yeah, I tried pan. I remember my aunt took me to the VNA, and she had a picture of me with my face painted as a white tiger <laughs> playing pan. Go like you know, ding 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 yeah. ding. And I was there. And I remember when you hold on hold on hold on. <laughs> Did everyone just hear that? Dun 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 dun. Sing the theme tune. But I remember, right? I remember when you showed me a little thing, and I was like, Mm. I can't. It's it's something that just comes out in it. But when you do it, you make pan come to life. Well, I'm glad that someone thinks like that. (laughs) I do that. Nah, I think it's it's again anything you practice in your life, you get better at. You have to put the time and the effort in. And I said, I've been doing this for about ten years. I'm 22 now. Been doing it since year eight. So I was 12 years old when I started, and you've just got to put the time into it and you've got to put the effort into it. And then it's also about, I think with a lot of music, not just pan, but with all music, it's about learning the craft and then taking the craft and making it your own. So for example, I play a lot of still pan jazz. So I play a lot of like old jazz standards. I play maybe 
blues bossa, like blues stuff, because that's what sings to me and I can find an improvisational style. I can play what I feel. I can play how I want to interpret the music. And that's making pan my own instrument and making it my own love. And then working with a bigger band of like maybe a hundred people at Ebony, I understand how I fit into a bigger machine. And that's an exciting experience because then you go, oh, my part is integral in moving this music forward so that the audience can hear it and they go, oh, wow, the way that music blended was really well well done. So it's, it's all about understanding your, your musicianship and understanding what is your part to play here. And I think that as a musician is just priceless, man. I just think it's so cool. So with what you said about being part of the big machine in terms of pan, the musical concepts as an artist, how do you not get lost in all that? You don't get lost because it's about understanding your place and it's understanding you're trying to paint something for the other person. I think a lot of artists, and, and this goes for all art, like in general, especially like if you're a, 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 an actor, like I'm an actor and working on a project and I might be doing a smaller role. Of course I can get lost in the machine because, you know, there's actors who are doing loads and loads of lines and I've got one line in the scene. Mm. But then you go, this is not about me. It's about what I'm giving out and sharing. Mm. And it goes back to music because, you know, you could be in a five-piece band. The bass player, I was listening to some bass music the other day and I think it was my, maybe, even, it might have been James Jameson on some Motown stuff. And he would just sit on, dum, da, da, gung, 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 ga, dum, 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 for a whole tune, five minutes of music. Yeah, yeah. And he was content doing that It's thing. a second fiddle concept, isn't Exactly. It? Yeah. And it's that thing of going, oh no, I'm doing something to make this thing work. Hmm. And that's how you don't get lost. If you are focused on your own ego, you're focused on, why can't people hear my pan? Why can't people hear my part? then it's, it's not about communal music. And yeah. music is a communal thing, unless you're a soloist. But even then, you're sharing something from you to an audience. You know, you're giving something out to other people to appreciate and enjoy. And I think that is so key as artists that we remember. There's someone I always quote all the time, um, Bishop Mike Royal, where he always says, I remember I was about 22, 21, 22, when I learned this concept of keeping the main thing the main thing mm -hmm. and having that focal point in that direction and if you want a visual representation, you're in the water and yeah. you see a boy, like as in like, you know, the bubble thing in the water. Mm -hmm. That's your constant or your anchor. That's the thing that keeps you focused that regardless of whatever storms or seas are coming, that's the reason why you're doing it. Mm. And with what you're saying already, it's recognizing that we've all got a part to play. Exactly. And, and that's a beautiful thing. I loved straight away how you went with, with the painting mm -hmm. and the illustration and it's almost like a tapestry yeah. or a, because I feel like it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're an artist, where it is, and I spoke a lot about it in season one, mm. it's finding out that blueprint exactly. and how that blueprint is transferable. We speak about a lot with young people to adults to transferable skills, mm -hmm. but it's such a beautiful thing because how do you then add that to when you do workshops with people? Because yeah. that's how we first met, when yeah. you are running sessions teaching with people and mm -hmm. I loved it. And I was first went, wait, my man plays Pat. And he does this. It's like, this is, yeah. yeah. How does that all come to play? It's become part of who I am now. I think I've been so blessed and so lucky, you know. I don't just play Pan, I play Samba drumming, which is again, more community music. I love when we can make music out of nothing as a community. I love when we say, right, we need to express ourselves in some format and we are just going to come together and make it work. And I think that for me is exciting and it draws me in. Um, and it's just now become part of who I am. And 
Mm. You know, I've done projects in the past where I've been the lead, I've been the main, I've been the main event, and I've done projects in the past where I am just part of the ensemble. And I love each experience exactly the same because I get a chance to, I get a chance to, to fulfill something and succeed in something with others. And I think that is such a, a beautiful experience. It's a, it's a very human experience that at times in this world now we lose because we're so focused on me, 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 mm. I, I, I. And of course, there is a certain level that you do focus on yourself and put yourself first. But then what about your shared experiences with others? Yeah. What about that shared shared understanding of something that you've done together and that shared sense of, wow, we completed that. And we did that as a, <laughs> we did it as a team. Yeah. Together, you know, everyone achieves it. more. Yeah, exactly. That's why even the Trinidad coat of arms stays in my heart all the time. Together, we aspire. Together, we achieve. That is just a beautiful coat of arms because it means we are in this as a community. With the beautiful words you've just said and quoted on your coat of arms, mm. And with the phrases that you've said, and, um, and I want to address the key word that you said throughout so far today, what sticks out for me is community. Mm, it's so key, man. What, is, what does that mean for you? And, oh. and how, how would you articulate that for someone today? How would you articulate community? Community is a, a weird one because, I, I mean... It's one of those words that has a sociological meaning, has a political meaning, mm. it has a personal meaning, has a historical meaning, has all these different meanings and different facets. But for my personal understanding, it's the people that you are surrounded by, whether that's by choice or whether by circumstance, yeah. um, that you have a shared identity with, i.e. you could have a community on your street. You know, the people that you live with and you, your neighbours, you say hello to them and you actually... And I think part of community is actually communicating with those people because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, that's my community, but they don't know who's in their community. Yeah, yeah. You know, part of the beauty of a community is that you communicate with those people and you... Even if it's just, hi, morning, how are you? That is still a communication. It's cohesion and connection. It's cohesion, right? Yeah. It's bringing people together. Um, and then taking that into uh, a creative space is the people that you are building something with. Yeah. You know, it's the people that you're saying, right, we're going to take on this challenge. We're going to try and find the solution creatively. And we're going to build and share this outcome with other people as our community. Um, so, for example, you might be part of the um, Notting Hill community and you want to talk about carnival. Mm. And carnival in itself is the community talking and sharing with the wider world. Well, if you think about historically where it's come from to how it's blossomed and then why it was fashioned in the beginning. Exactly. To where we are now and why we celebrate it. And more importantly, the heart of the heartbeat of it mm -hmm. and why we are united together from Caribbean islands to people around the world. And yeah. our identity is forged within it, mm -hmm. as in our ancestry and why we do it. It's a lot more than just a street party. Yeah. Oh, it's way more than that. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things, if you're not rooted in yourself and you do not know from it and have that connection with it, outside looking in, you think, oh, they're just having a rave. Yeah. Rather than knowing the historical connotation of where it's evolved from. Exactly. And how it grew from one humble beginning mm -hmm. to this mass and beautiful celebration we have. five million people. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> on the last bank yeah. holiday yeah. in August. Yeah. Like, Yeah. yeah. It's understanding the fact that, I mean, just talking more about carnival. Carnival is an expression that we need to have. Mm. Darkest Howe actually says, 
you know, carnival is necessary for any type of enslaved people or historically enslaved people. And, and what does that mean? How do you unpack that? It's the fact that we as a people, as two black men sitting at this table right mm. now, we need to have a time in our lives and in our year where we are able to express ourselves as fully as we can. Mm. And carnival allows us to take the trauma, take the experiences, take the happiness, take the joy, take the sad points, take the anger, and just go on the street and walk up waste and listen to music and just be a community. And that is the importance of carnival. That is why it will always have to survive in some way. Even if they say, yeah, you're going to have to do it in a smaller area. We will always do this thing because we are the descendants of enslaved people and they found this liberation in carnival. Amen. Ibs, you've spoken about being the pan lover. You've spoken about the adventures within carnival. But how did you go from pan lover to the joys of much ado about nothing and midsummer? To Shakespeare lover. Talk to me, brother. Give advice. Midsummer to the Shakespeare lover. Jeez. You know what, yeah? So, the transition into these creative industries and creative fields has been interesting. And I've realised the biggest thing for me is making it personal, yeah? Mm. The biggest thing is bringing it back to me. I told you earlier about how when I play Pan, I make the music my own. I try and find a way to express whatever's inside me mm. through that music. It goes the same way into Shakespeare. Shakespeare is just a text, yeah? Let's just take away the stigma about duffs and you must say it on the iambic, you know? I mean, we do we do those things. I'm because, a fan of Macbeth, though. Yeah, I mean, Macbeth is a sick play. Like, when Lady Macbeth is out damn spot, you know, that's a wicked yeah. bar. But I think it's just about understanding. I was speaking to uh, one of my friends the other day, and he was saying to me, like, iambic is just how black people talk. Like, it's just how we speak. Mm. Like, it's just how we speak. It's da, 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 da. It's how we speak and how we use language to get our point across. So when you go into Shakespeare, it's about finding how do I see myself in these characters' shoes? And whether it's contemporary text from 2010 or um, Shakespeare's text from the 1600s, it does not matter. As a performer, I can find my identity within the lines and within the words. And I just think if we can, as my mission as a performer, as I say, my work is all about the community. It's all about, I want to help and share with others as much as possible, yeah? Mm. And if I can do that through Shakespeare and show everybody that we can do this thing, we can we can be on the RSC stage and we can do it and people will look at us and go, wow, I was really blown away and really impressed by that. And I learned something from that performance. I've done my job. And that's amazing to hear because one to hear the journey, for me to see the journey you've gone on, mm. and I've only seen a glimpse of it, mm. I've only been on a fragment of that journey, is amazing. So what, is, what was that process like for you in joining the Real Shakespeare Company? How, how did it happen? When you, how did you even find out about the opportunity? You know, again, as I said, I'm a, I'm a professional actor now, so I've got my agency, I'm signed, I'm, I'm working, I'm doing those things. So it was just part of the audition process that I'm doing for other projects. Mm. Um, and I got this project come through and I was just like, okay, let me take the opportunity. Um, we got to do a workshop session with a director and we just really got on and it was really fun. And again, it was, it was weird because 
this was the biggest audition I've ever been in my life. Yeah. There was 26 people in a room and I thought, how, how am I going to even show you what I can do? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I realised, I think it's like clicked in my brain where it was like, it's not about me. It's about how I interact with all these people because this play is quite big. It's got 120 characters in total. In oh, wow. Yeah? yeah? So the cast is going to be at least 30 people at minimum so that we can cover all those characters. And there might be other cast members coming into this project. So I realised it's not about me. And I said this earlier on, I think, like, nothing that you do is truly about you. It's about what you're putting out. And it's about what impact am I making, especially in the creative space and the creative industry, to the other people viewing my work. Yeah. So in that audition, I was able to go, right, um, let me work well with this team of people. How can I communicate my idea to this group of people? And that's how the opportunity really came around. Um, and I finished the rest of the rehearsal process. There was um, the, rehearsal process, the audition process. Um, there was three different rounds of the audition process. And then I got the role. And, and I think one of the questions I asked in my audition interview was, how do we, as a black man, how do I sit in this piece? Because it's Henry VI and it's talking about English history, you know, and French history. How do I sit in this? And the director said, we are telling narrative and story. And if we can story tell well, it doesn't matter who you are. All you've got to do is bring yourself to the text. Bro, as you know, one of my things is storytellers, mm -hmm. is narratives. I love the fact that you felt able to go and ask that question. Yeah. Of actually going, where does my narrative sit in this? Where, where am I in this? How is it in that? Mm -hmm. And I love that throughout, the message is actually, it's about identity as well as the community. Mm -hmm. And I think within a community aspect, the biggest thing is knowing your why mm -hmm. and learning and knowing who you are in a context and not compromising that. It's knowing actually in this environment of where whatever professional stream you're going into, mm -hmm. knowing this is who I am and how does my voice become impacted in this or can it impact this to encourage rather than feel discouraged? Mm -hmm. Because in the, day of today, in the days of today where we live, it's such a powerful thing that we speak so much about diversity and inclusion. Yeah. But for that to happen, conversations have to happen mm -hmm. where we actually actively have to go and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is where it is. This is my viewpoint. And I, I love that you were able to ask that. And I think one of the things I, I really want to ask you is moving on forward within the industry, how, where next do you want to help build a community where you can continue to foster that for others? It's For me, it's all about bringing your experience and sharing it. Like, this podcast is a great way for me to do that. Because I might say this to, you know, you, and then we share this podcast worldwide, global, baby. You know, <laughs> we go on global. You know, we share it out, and then there's that one 16-year-old who's debating about what career they want to go down, and they think, oh, uh, if he can do it, maybe I can do it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the power of the podcast. That's the power of the internet. That's the power of sharing what you're doing and not, not hiding it and gatekeeping it. And that's what, that's what the industry has been for the last hundred years. It's been gatekeeping it. It's been keeping it away from people like us. But if we can share it and say, well, look at what I'm doing, you know, I'm not saying you bear out your whole soul. I'm saying this is the steps that I'm taking. Mm. You can take these steps too. 
Um, and also another way that I'm developing that is with my friend Shakira. We've started a, a theatre company called Piece of Cake Theatre Company. And the whole ethos of the theatre company is to raise and um, uncover the stories of people of colour, um, so POC, piece of cake, people of colour, <laughs> clever. Um, <laughs> You're hilarious. Wow, the wordsmiths. Um, uh, that was Shakira's um, ingenious, ingenious title making. Um, but yeah, it's about bringing our stories to the fore and bringing our narrative to the fore and, and saying, we can do this just as well as you. And we want to do this. We want to be part of this industry. We want to take a share in hand and we want to teach the people coming up after us about this we want to show them that they can do it so that's that's what we're doing um as in work to bring people in and to carry on the narrative and i think that's that's the most important thing for me and that's beautiful the fact that you haven't just stopped with where you are you're thinking about a, a concrete way of going how can you build the next generation i always think of that you want your heights to be the floor in which they can build upon. Yeah, a hundred percent. You see, you see them bars. You see that right there. It's so important that anything that we build, we are able to concrete concretize it. That's not even a word, but we are making up the word today, people. Concretize. <laughs> we are putting it down so no one can remove what we have made. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, I can only speak from an acting perspective, really. But a lot of the work that we've done within the industry has just been removed. So someone might write a new play or, you know, you've got people like Derek Walcott. People don't even know that name. Derek Walcott should be a, a household name. You know, he's is one of the Caribbean playwrights that really came to the UK and showed what we could do at the Royal Court. But we don't know him in the household. We don't honour his work as much as we honour like Shakespeare, for example. And that's because... His work was not concretized, you know, and we want to start making work that is concretized in history within the canon. With everything you've just come out with, with you talking about your theatre company, Piece of Cake, and us knowing that it's not going to be no piece of cake. <laughs> you know what? It might, it might be bun and cheese, but for all we know. But we know it ain't going to be no piece of cake. <laughs> Can I just say, I love the fact that you, you're a man that knows his history. You're a man that knows his why. And it's important, you know, is why, you know, the journey that you've taken us on in this small amount of time is just a glimmer. And it's a glimmer in which we've gone from the journey from Pan with the Shakespeare and the carnival and how it's a mixture of all those things that I would say the biggest thing that stuck out for me is your heart for community, mm. identity and it's expression. It's expression of self. It's expression for what drives you is that you know you and you want others to know what knows them for them to go forward. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And that is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because it's going, this is my narrative. Your narrative may be different, but we can all strive together for a place where we are part of community. We are all connected but it's our differences that shows our similarities and how we can grow together. Yeah, and and that has been wonderful. It's been wonderful to share this time with you. It's been wonderful to hear you. And I want to hear your closing statement. What is it? What's My it going to be? Statement. My closing statement, really, I think, just going along those lines is, we've all got a journey, yeah? 
we've all got a path that we're set on. And we were talking about this, I think the other day, we were sort of saying about life and how life can be a real funny, funny thing. Like, no mm. one knows what's coming to them. No yeah. one knows what's... You, you don't really know the things that have happened to you until you've processed it, right? Yeah. And I think it's just about releasing that sense of, I need to control everything that's happening and just realise that we are passing through and, and realise that life is there to be explored as a nomad. It's to, it's to be explored as adventurers. And if, if at any point you see an opportunity to adventure, just go and take it because life's short as well. Time is fickle. Time is a fickle concept in this world. And as much as we can, just do the things that are, are fulfilling yourself, that are, you know, brighten up your spark, whatever your spark is, and, and engage in your soul. And I think that's where I'm trying to live my life and I'm trying to find the things that engage me, that spark me, that, that make me feel all curious, excited, on edge, nervous, because those are human experiences. Those are human feelings. And as much as possible, the people around me, I want to inspire them to, to feel those things too and to come on the, the, the journey. and Not the same journey, but come on a journey alongside me. Um, so that's my closing thing. And I think that's all the people that are listening and the people that have given us your time. Like, just ask yourself, why? Just ask yourself, why am I doing this? And if you don't like the answer find something else <laughs> so guys you've heard it here first and you've heard it there if you haven't before ask yourself why let that be the story from this episode of episode one of season two of wolfie and friends ask yourself why so guys this has been episode one season two with ibs and wolfie stay blessed and tune in for more yeah yeah